This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome to Bear Archery's Hunting 101 podcast, where hunters new and old come to learn and find inspiration from stories of hunts gone by. Everyone is welcome to enjoy the outdoor way of life, and there is no better time to start than right now. So let's head into the great outdoors with your host, Dylan Ray. All right, guys, welcome to Bear Archery's Hunting 101 podcast. I'm joined by Shane Mowry, a.k.a. The Bone Maniac. Shane, how are you, man? Man, I'm doing great today, Dylan. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. It is uh, an honor to have you on, man. I'm, I'm glad you joined us today. Um, you you are just now getting back from a hunt, and so uh, quite the busy man. Uh, quite, quite <laughs> Kind of hard to nail down at times, man. <laughs> yeah, life seems to be uh, be on the road a good bit. Um, try to get uh, the wife and the kids uh, to to join me on these on these travels across the states and and whatnot. And it's uh, it's always good to um, you know bring those now, little guys. And where are you joining us from right now? So I'm actually uh, in Virginia right now. Um, we decided to to come in and have a few hunts out back east for some whitetail, a sicka, and and uh, possibly a bear um, if we can make it all work. But um, uh, we're at our in laws, and we decided that uh, we just try to hang out, do some hunts, and uh, spend the holidays here. Um, it's a little nicer weather here than Idaho right now. Yeah, I bet. I bet, man. You're one of those. You're yeah. one of those guys that, uh, as I watch on social media, I'm just like, man, I want to go hunting with the guy uh, because it seems like if he's hunting, he's always killing. So it's like uh, this is the kind of guy I need to go on a hunt with. You know, uh, a lot of guys ask that. They're like, hey, uh, um, can I come out and hunt? And I'm like, well, I can, I can uh, hook you up with an outfitter, or I can put you in contact with some guys. But uh, they're like, you, you don't spend much time in the woods, and 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 you know, Dylan, it is uh, I, I kind of try to make that a habit because um, I do my homework before I, before I head in, and um, I, uh, I don't like spending a lot of times in the in the back country or in the woods or in the wilderness or public land or, or wherever I'm at, you know, I, uh, I've, I've always said that, uh, the, um, the reason for my success of, uh, of hunting is, 
man, I just, I study what I'm doing beforehand and I, I try to try to make it happen quick. So it doesn't always go that way. Um, and, uh, it, it, it almost didn't go this way on the Sika hunt. So, <laughs> but, well, and, and that's but, just, uh, that's just a testament. That's just a testament. And that's proof that your hunt starts long before you ever get to the woods, man. That's why, I mean, if you've listened to the show, you've, you've heard me talk about, uh, onyx and studying onyx and the lay of the land before I ever even get boots on the ground somewhere. And that's exactly why, uh, because it sets you up for success before you ever even, uh, get boots on the ground for you even hop out of the truck, man. It sets you up for success. Um, before we get too far into this, cause I can already tell I'm ready to dive in with you, man. Uh, give us a quick, <laughs> you bet. give us a quick introduction to yourself, man. What all you do, what all, uh, bone maniacs does. Um, I shouldn't say, but you are bone maniacs, uh, but, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. kind of where you got, how you got to where you're at, man. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, you know, some folks ask because, you know, a, a lot of guys and hopefully I'm not stepping on anybody's toes, but you know, a lot, a lot of the guys in the industry, uh, started off or, you know, they started off with money or, or they had a lot of financial backing or, or something like that through the, you know, to make it all work, um, years ago. And, um, you know, I, I grew up, you know, uh, building log homes with my, uh, with my dad and, and whatnot and traveling across this land and being introduced to, uh, to a lot of people, outfitters and whatnot. And we've done a lot of, uh, a lot of stuff, uh, with guys building lodges and stuff. And, you know, one day we, uh, I'm not going to mention any names. It's, uh, neither here nor there at that point, but, uh. A guy's like, hey, why don't you, why don't you, uh, film your hunts? And I'm like, man, I don't even know how to run a camera, <laughs> you know, <laughs> let, let alone, you know, try to film me, shoot it, you know, um, cause yeah. I, I'm, I've always been, you know, my, from an early age, my dad introduced me to archery and that's what I, that's my preferred method. Um, but, um, I'm not against shooting with a gun, <laughs> especially if I'm defeated, but, um, yeah. you know, um, <laughs> You know, that's kind of where I got to start. You know, uh, it, it was through through building. Um, I, I don't even touch chainsaw or anything else anymore. But, uh, um, you know, and I'm like, hey, you know, it's it's the, the craziness of being a maniac and bone. You know, it all just came together. And, you know, my wife and I, you know, it's like, well, what is this? You know, and it just all came together, man. And now here it is, uh, you know, into four seasons. And I feel like I've weathered the storm a little bit. Um, by, by no means is this, uh, you know, financial happiness <laughs> or anything like that, you know, of what we're doing, but we're getting there and, uh, we make it all work. Um, now where can, where and, can people, uh, where can people watch bone maniac? Where can they follow you at? So we're uh, we're on Waypoint TV, and uh, got word with Greg Hill and those guys over there that uh, they like what we're producing and what we've sent out there. And you know we've been uh, we've been prepping everything for uh, Amazon Prime ready. So we're gonna uh, probably release something here, hopefully the first of the year um, through Amazon Prime. We'll have Bone Maniacs on that, and I don't know where the ask come from, <laughs> you know, but because it, it is me, you know, we did have a few staff, but um it's just it just uh it works better just being being the lone guy making sure that we provide content that's needed for our partners but um 
Uh, yeah, that's uh, we have some things up on YouTube. Speaking of partners, man, you are brand new uh, to Bear Archery, so welcome aboard, man. I remember, uh, I remember yeah. when I saw you come on, when I saw you post your announcement, I uh, I texted uh, the marketing director over at Bear, and I was like, dude. We got Bone Maniacs. That's awesome, man. I've I've enjoyed watching him for a while. So, uh, welcome to the team, yeah. man. I'm we're, I'm I'm personally glad to have you on, and I know that uh, all of us at Bear Archer are glad to have you on. Yeah, it's wonderful uh, to be, um, and this is where I say it too. is It's wonderful to be home. Uh, I started off with a bear. Archer killed my first first deer with a bear cub. I still have that bow, um, and. Uh, it's uh it's just one of those things of bear archery it's uh it's back to the roots of just my style of hunting uh what bear archery believes in and i think everyone that shoots and supports bear archery uh believes in as well and that's just uh that's just happy it's just uh it's uh it's just a sense of um uh satisfaction uh, that you're amongst a group of uh of um outdoorsmen that uh think alike and uh absolutely i'm happy you know i'm just happy to be uh to be where i'm at and um that's that's all i can say man it's like i've been stoked i've been uh i've been throwing arrows man i've been sending it as they say (laughs) yeah uh no man you're not uh, you're you're absolutely not wrong And, and you know some people some people haven't found that yet but no, and and don't get me wrong, man. I love bare bows. I I love the performance, uh, the Redemption EKO. I have fallen absolutely stinking in love with. Uh, I love my Grizzly, but it's so much more than just good bows. It's it's a family. It's a it's a a mentality of sorts almost. I mean, I love that whole you know the Fred Bear way. I love that that bear archery is almost of sorts of a mentality you know that we have, not necessarily just a bow that we shoot, and so. I 100% understand what you're saying, man. I just love the company. I love what they stand for. I love what they represent. I love how they carry themselves. Uh, and there's no better, in my opinion, there's no better in the industry. I agree 100%. And you know, Fred was a maniac. <laughs> you know? So it's fitting for you, man. It's fitting to have you on. 100%. And, uh, you know, and just, in, and you've said it too, right there. Uh, Every everyone are that's in with uh, Bear Archery, they're just a joy to work with, and they understand, like you say, a lot of people haven't found that. Man, it's taken me a lot of years because, like, if I'm out and I've I put down several elk uh, through my time, and uh, I I shoot the first one that I call in. That's a trophy for me um, because I just felt like I just beat that animal. Um, and if you're back four or five miles in the back country and you got to pack it out and it takes you a couple days to get it out. And I've been in that situation more than once. Um, that is a trophy. And I think a lot of my getting, my point of getting being is, uh, the hunt is the trophy anymore. And I think a lot of people forget that that's what hunting's all about. And I think with bear archery, <clears throat> those fundamental roots, uh, need to be, uh, inlaid in the minds of everybody right now instead of just they see you know they see the people that can put down these boon and crockett animals year after year well they have the resources to do it not everyone can do that and i'm not saying that those guys aren't just as um how, how do i want to say it those boon and crockett animals are just as much as a trophy to me as i'm out there shooting a management animal or 
or an animal that I just called in and I just beat. Um, and I prefer spot and stock and um, over anything. If I'm able to accomplish that and with any animal, I feel like I just beat it um, in its bedroom. Um, and that's a trophy in itself. And I think that's uh, I think that's the roots where we need, all need to get back to and understanding that. Hey, field to table, man. I'm just happy to. I'm happy. To, I'm I'm making sika jerky right now. <laughs> So, <laughs> man, I so. shout out to my shout out to my uh, to my processor, man. I, uh, I I he I dropped my meat off to him, and he said, "Hey, we're doing two new things this year. Um, we're doing uh, where we combine bacon with your ground venison." And I'm like, "Yes, sign me up there." Uh, but wow. then he also said, "We got we got deer sticks, and it's basically a slim jim uh, that you can have." Uh, pepper jack cheese in or cheddar cheese in and i'm like yes sign me up for that and uh, i literally on my desk right now have two of those venison sticks that that's what i'm eating on uh because they are <laughs> phenomenal <laughs> well, i tell you anything that you add bacon to i mean it might be a heart attack eventually but it was good Bingo. there's no doubt about it <laughs> Bingo! it might be a heart attack eventually but i'm gonna enjoy it right now that's exactly oh, what it's all about <laughs> One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Before we before we jump in, man, I ain't even got done with my intro yet. <laughs> before yeah. we jump in, man, yeah. I need to give a I need to give a huge shout out to some of our friends over at minus thirty three merino wool. Uh they were part of our giveaway recently and uh and I can promise you that, that the winner of that giveaway is going to be incredibly happy because they make some of the finest merino wool on planet Earth. And I couldn't be happy with it. I wear it almost every day now. Uh I did a challenge where I wore nothing but merino wool socks and underwear for thirty days. And and uh, and basically, I have just continued that on now, going on for like four months. It's all I wear is minus thirty three um, uh, socks and underwear because they're just fantastic. So go check out minus thirty three merino wool. Now, you recently, uh, you recently just went on a hunt, man. Tell me about that. Uh, which one? Recently, I mean, <laughs> as in like, as in like Friday, I think is when you yeah. harvested, right? No, or Saturday? Yeah. No, it was Friday. It was Friday. Yeah, it was Friday. And, um, yeah, I mean, I'll keep, I'll keep it kind of vague. Uh, we, we were planning this and, uh, and, uh, what the hell I'll name drop a couple. Um, you know, uh, there was a couple of places where we were heading to and, uh, Steve, (laughs) Uh, the big name Steve uh, was there, and and I didn't mention to the to the guys that who I was, and which I'm nobody. I'm just put on my pants just like anybody else. But you know, I said I'm coming. I'm coming from uh, from coming from the PNW, and I'm. I said I've never taken one, um, but I, I've. It's been on my to do list for several years now, and I said I, you know, I, I never really had any interest of shooting one with a rifle or anything like this, and I've always been told that, ah, you can't hunt them; they are too hard. You can't do this; you can't do that. And so, got a hold of a few folks, you know, just last minute thing because um, we were actually building our place back in Idaho, and and um, we had sold our place and whatnot, and we were building on our new ranch up north, and we're like. <laughs> Jeez, it's what it's middle of winter. Let's uh, let's go spend family um, with the in laws back east here, my wife and and, uh, and I said, well, geez, I'm gonna I'm gonna make this work. I'm gonna have a couple hunts. I mean, let's 
I'm in Mecca of whitetail. There's more whitetail here. I think there are people, but anyway, I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Hey, we're going to be close. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm like, asked my father-in-law how close are we to the from the eastern shore because he grew up in the eastern shore and i said how close are we i was like send me some contacts and this and that and i had a couple other contacts i was wanting to call anyway and which like i was saying steve had hunted this place and i um like hey yeah let's uh let's see if we can't make it work long long story short uh um <laughs> the guy ended up finding out and he was like, ah, no, now the price done went up. And, and I'm thinking, you, you've got to be kidding me. This, this is the point that we've just talked about earlier. It's like, well, it doesn't matter who I am or, or what it is. It's like, we've done settle on a price. And now do you think that now you're going to get more publicity off of me being there or, or filming it? And it's, you know, you're, you're going to get publicity, no, no, no matter what, but, I don't want that to ever be a, I don't like money being involved or, or tainting the, the, the sport, if that makes sense. And, uh, any more than what it already is. And he doesn't jack the price up. And I was like, Nope, <laughs> this is where I call it quits. I'm, I have nothing to do with this anymore. I had a backup plan and, and just by luck, we, uh, I ran into a friend and I'm not going to mention his name just because of the privacy of where it's at and things like that. And, and, um, like, yeah, come on by, we can give it a shot. No guarantees. Um, and I'm dumbfounded, had no idea what to, what to hunt or how to do it. Whereas I was going to a place that, you know, you know, had, um, tree stands available and of course i think there was a big thing for them to feed them and I'm like i don't care what we just just uh just let me come down and hunt and and uh you know i want to stay until i kill one that's how that's how i hunt i my wife my wife has called um search and rescue in idaho many a times i go in and she's like i'm like look you know you know how i am if, if i'm not home in a couple of days then you know there's a reason i've i've ran into a problem that problem is, is i haven't killed it yet <laughs> So, you know, uh, um, that's usually my, my mentality, you know, I, I'm going there for a job and I feel like if I'm not there to get it done, um, then, uh, I failed and I don't, I don't like, uh, I don't like that way. So anyway, this was, uh, this was like, uh, I already felt like I've already been defeated. So we go in and I think, and I'm like, all right, well, spot and stock's the way it's going to have to be because I'm not set up for a tree stand. I didn't even bring a tree stand with me. Or anything of that and uh just by chance uh this was a toad that i shot and um it uh, and i'm not afraid to say it's like i jumped him up and just instant reflexes i shot and um i hit him in the hind quarter um and i didn't lead him enough and i'm not by any means uh um Byron Ferguson or Howard Hill behind the recurve. Okay, so, um, but it was a devastating blow. He ran 20 yards and fell over dead. I mean, it was just the femoral artery was done, um, especially with the F4s. Those and for folks that don't know the F4 with that two blade with a bleeder, that is a phenomenal head. Um, I've taken a couple animals with it so far, and I have had nothing but the utmost respect for that head. Um, but uh, it was it was that was the hunt. I mean, I I think I can't I can't play anything into that hunt other than it was pure luck. <laughs> so, hey, um, that's hey, but sometimes <laughs> but sometimes, 
sometimes that's all you need, man. And, uh, you know, I recently had a conversation with a guy and, and, uh, you know, that's what we talked about was hunting is the only sport in the world in which sometimes it just comes down to luck. I mean, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. you know, if you look at a football game, somebody, somebody made a mistake to get you to where they're at. I mean, no football team ever plays the perfect game, um, and still loses. Ever. You know what I mean? There's always a flag. There's right. always a fumble. There's always interception. There's always a uh, stepped out of bounds. When I mean, there's always something. Hunting is the only sport in the history of the world that you can lose by sheer dumb luck, or that you can win by sheer dumb luck. And we as hunters, <laughs> when it happens, we just got to play into it, man. I mean, I promise oh, you, if I get unlucky, if I get unlucky, I'm bummed. But I say it. I mean, I I, I hunted mm-hmm. the best I could. I hunted the perfect wind. I hunted the perfect cold front, but deer just weren't moving and there's nothing I could do about it. Um, or, or, or vice versa. If I have a deer, <laughs> it, I, all the conditions were wrong, but a deer come in and I shot it. I'll tell you, I was, I was stupidly in the wrong tree stand, but it, it came together and I got lucky. Um, it's the only sport in the world. And that's, that's the frustrating part about it sometimes, but that's also just the make you laugh about it. I mean, Literally get this, Shane, two times in one week, I was hunting a property and I had two shooters on that property. And in a four day span, I had both shooters within a hundred yards and they just wouldn't do it. Uh, one time, one time, one of them got to 40 yards and hung up behind a tree. One of them got to 52 yards and got on a hot doe and, and, and bolted with her. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Um, but that's just, that's the comical part. You just got to sit back and think this is hunting. You know, that's why I do it because it's frustrating and it sucks sometimes. But then when it all comes together, Lord have mercy, it was worth it. It, it, it does. Uh, I have to agree. And, and, <clears throat> and this was completely out of character on how, how I go into hunting or go into hunting any animal uh, that I'm about to take. But I was like, I came here for that reason. I came here really not really not that I come here for just for that animal, but <clears throat> why I was here, that was one animal in particular that I wanted. Um, I've never hunted one before. I've never been able to never, uh, well, I won't say I never had the opportunity. It's, you know, it's a 3,400 mile trek for me, <laughs> you know, and I don't fly. I don't yeah. like to fly. I don't like flying at all. Preach <laughs> so. on it. Me neither, brother. <laughs> Me neither, man. I, uh, I'll tell you what I, uh, I'll it. tell you. And most people, most people that listen to this know this, but my job, my, you know what I actually get paid money for, um, is I'm the marketing director for Pope and Young. And, uh, and they <laughs> said, they said, Hey Dylan, uh, we're going to book your flight for Dallas, um, for the, for the Dallas Safari show. And I'm like, dude, Dallas is four hours from me. I'm not stinking flying. I'm like, I'll, I'll drive that 10 times in a day. Well, I couldn't do that, but you get what I'm saying? I'll drive that a right. hundred times before I fly. Uh, I, man, I went to, same with you. I drove all the way to Maine on a hunt uh, this year, and that was, uh, I think, you know, 2,700 miles one way, and I'm like, but why would I want to drive, or why would I want to fly? If I don't drive, I right. don't get to drive across New York and see all that. I don't get to drive across uh you know, Indiana, I don't get to drive and see all these pretty states that I love to see, man. You know, if I'm going sure. down to Florida, I get to, to drive through beautiful Mississippi and Georgia. And, and, uh, I mean, I always drive around Oklahoma, I never drive through Oklahoma. I always drive around it, but, um, I'm scared, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I just love driving, man. Same with you. And I did the math yeah. one time. 
one time I was going somewhere uh, with somebody else. They were, they were flying. I was driving. It took me 12 hours to drive. And they were laughing at me. Why would you drive? This is dumb. Let's just let's fly together. And I'm like, no, you go ahead and fly. We get there. And uh, and he was like, how long did it take you, man? All laughing and giggling. He's like, I'm like, 12 hours. How long did it take you? He said, dude, it only took me an hour and a half. I'm like, no, no, no. The flight was an hour and a half. How long did you have to check your bags in? How long did you, was the layover? How long was this? How long was that? How long was this? And we added it up and it was like 10 hours. And I'm like, okay, so you spent, I spent two more hours traveling than you did. And he's like, right. well, hey, right. that exactly. kind of makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> well, it does. By the time you do, do the math with layovers and I mean, you don't see the scenery and I don't know, the claustrophobic and, you know, it's just, yeah. I don't know. I guess just way society is and way, uh, the way life is anymore. Just, um, I don't feel, I hate flying. Now, if I was flying, if I was driving the plane myself, then that'd be a different story. But yeah, I, uh, no, I don't mind I the actual to, flying. No. <laughs> I don't, I don't mind the flying aspect of it. I, I enjoy the flight part of it. Mm-hmm. I hate the airports, the crowds, the, the r- running around, you know, like one time I had a layover in stinking like, uh, Indianapolis and that place is bigger than the town I live in. Uh, the, the airport's bigger than the town I live in. And there's 50,000 <laughs> people in the airport alone and they're running yeah. around and you have to run seven miles before you get to the next gate or whatever. And I was like, this is stupid. Just let me drive. <laughs> 100 percent i agree 100 <laughs> percent now uh we got sure. we got off topic there man but but uh that's no that's right. fine um tell me about tell me about uh you you said you you enjoy spotting and stalking which i appreciate um have you ever tried to spot and stalk whitetail i have and, and i think the reason with with like this success here with this with this stag was uh it was raining so I mean, I felt like I had the upper hand in this situation um, because Whisper one of his quiet. senses was, yeah, one of his senses was. Uh, now I feel like I'm almost on an even playing game, except for eyesight and for smell, you know. But you know, with the rain, that you know, his sense of smell is. I mean, I'm I'm really going to have to be up close and downwind. I mean, everything just played out right. Uh, Whitetail. Um, Whitetail has always been a, a, I won't say an Achilles heel. I've I've killed some good, some good uh, whitetail. Uh, I mean, I finally, finally broke my my 160 uh, um, curse this year. I finally broke that in Ohio. <laughs> it's like finally, after 44 years old, I'm able to take a, a an animal that's over 100 or a whitetail that's over 160 inches. And, <laughs> you know, I'm like finally. <laughs> Finally, it's happened, you know, and and here you're, you know, you're hunting key states, you know, but I've always felt like a whitetail and, and, you know, the Western guys and I live West, you know, and I've, I put, you know, Western guys and I am not mean to step on a lot of people's toes, but man, I am a scent freak. You know, I scent control, scent control, scent control. And, uh, those guys aren't. Listen, I yeah. want to do anything in my favor that's going to give me the edge on on hunting any animal, and I think in Western guys don't give whitetail uh, the credit they deserve because it's virtually impossible to to spot and stalk um, a whitetail in the corn belt. 
it's even it's, you're you're not going to do it in the uh, in those deciduous forests back east, Pennsylvania, even you know in the forests of Ohio and Virginia here or whatever, unless the same thing just happened to me. <laughs> you have you know some rain and, and their senses are down and. One of the times um, I was going to a tree stand in the in the place that I hunted in Ohio uh, four years back, and <clears throat> just going into the tree stand, and boom, here's one of the target bucks twenty yards in front of me, and I wasn't even ready. Had I been ready, I probably could have taken that animal, but um, it's uh, it's tough. Um, we've done it in uh, in Kansas in the Milo spotting a stock and white tail that way but it wasn't it wasn't a buck that you know that you're going to say yeah i want to spot stock a boone or, or anything like that yeah. was I able to do it yes but um it's not it's not easy <laughs> it's it's not easy at all um and i've never done it with a recurve i've done it with a with a compound but uh it's uh, everything was had to be perfectly aligned for all that to happen and uh the guys that can do it they've accomplished something you know um but i uh, i prefer a method of you know a lot of guys don't like to say it out west but i'm sitting in a tree stand i'm going to i'm going to hunt that and i'm going to try to cut him off um and and pattern that buck um if it's a whitetail i want to try to pattern that animal and i'm hunting him out of a tree stand i want to have every advantage i possibly can <laughs> because they're tough um whitetail are tough and they're they're my achilles heel for sure uh if you want to go and communicate i'll i'll take anybody out well oh, i should i should, shouldn't say that on an elk hunt Deal. because i'll get myself <laughs> sign me up <laughs> when you want to go well, you know, it's just easier. You can communicate with an elk. I can communicate with a with a with a turkey. You know, You're the success right. lies. I can't communicate You're absolutely with, right. with that. You know, I told so. I told a guy one time. I I told a guy after my first out west hunt. I said. Elk hunting is easier, and they were like, "What? No, you know, you're stupid, man. You got to hike. You got to do this." I'm like, "Listen, I didn't say physically easier." It's easier because I have more control over the animal. When it comes to mm-hmm. whitetail hunting, if they don't come, they don't come. And there's right. not much you can do about it. If they get hung up in a field at 100 yards, they're hung up in a field at 100 yards, especially here in Kansas where there's absolutely no terrain features, you know? Um, oh, yeah. If they're yeah. if they're hung up at 100 yards, that's where they're at, and there's nothing I can do about it. If an elk is at 100 yards, let's let's run down this finger and, and up that tree line and we're in his wheelhouse, you know? It just... You're right. Mm-hmm. It, there, it's a complete different kind of hunt. A whitetail hunt is a is a planet before and hopefully they come in hunt. Now, uh, you can't call it spotting and stalking necessarily. Um, I guess you 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 may be able to if you were to to argue the right way. But the thing that I the thing that I want to do next year, this coming year, is to spot earlier in the year with a spotting scope and uh, find where they're coming from, where they're going, and then just walk in, no tree stands, no ground blinds, no nothing, and find cover and just sit back and hopefully they walk by. That mm-hmm. That's kind of what I want um, to do. Right. Just get back to that. Because you're right, here in Kansas, it's going to be near impossible to spot a deer and stalk it. 
Um, but I can get back to the primitive roots of I'm sitting on the ground. I found a tree to hide behind. If they walk behind, I'm going to poke around and shoot it. Um, yeah. You know, no, no, no upper hand of tree stand or ground blind or anything like that. Just as simple as I can do it. And that's, that's my goal for this year. Oh, heck yeah, man. And, and you hit the nail on the head too. I was like, I look at whitetail, I was like, and, and hunting in Kansas and like, Kansas is fresh. Oh man, I just get, it's like politics. I get frustrated talking about it. Kansas frustrates me because I think I have that buck pattern. And I'm like, yep, he's doing the exact same thing four days in a row or two days in a row. And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm going in on the third day and I'm going to kill him. I don't talk about those hunts. <laughs> you know, it's a uh, whitetail or what I'm looking like. Oh, shiny. And they're like, completely like yeah well he went right to that food source for the past week you know between a 10 minute window time of every evening or every morning he didn't do that this one day why was it because i was there i don't know their their sense of smell i mean an elk sense of smell is is ridiculous as well but um a white tail is is crazy you know they're just I almost feel like their um, their intuition of knowing that now out in Kansas or or where they're not like oh that's that's human scent or this is a scent I'm not familiar with you know um, I think there's I think it just depends on where you're at because I think sometimes they get used to farm equipment uh, they get used to four wheelers they get used to certain things um, you know over a period of time <clears throat> and. Um, and then it may make it a little bit easier, but uh, as far as pattern them, um, man, they're uh, they're tough sometimes. They can really be really tough sometimes. And what you say is like, yeah, go in and <sighs> hopefully I'm on one of the nine main trails that he's on. He's coming down tonight, <laughs> you know. So yeah, and that's uh, that's that's the problem with with. Uh especially one of the properties I hunt um, is they can literally come from any direction on any trail at any given time. It's a fantastic property, but it's an, it's an impossible property to determine where are they going to come from and on what, which trail are they going to come from? Um, and mm-hmm. I could show you a, I could show you a map and you would quickly understand why, but that's just the, the nature sure. of the beast. And it's one of those properties well, sure. I find myself having to remember, um, you know, because I'll hunt one evening and they all come down one trail and I'm like, oh, I need to move the tree stand over there. And I'm like, wait a second. Yesterday they were coming down this trail right underneath my tree stand. Um, so if I move mm-hmm. it, I'm just going to play this constant game of moving my tree stand and never, never getting on them. So, um, right. I would just, I would just encourage you if, if you have something like that to just, Hang in there. Know that you're set up where you need to be. Know that you know if I'm just persistent, eventually it's going to come, uh, it's going to happen, and and it'll come to a close. But that's also part of why I'm excited to try this more um, primitive, sitting on the ground, sitting in a ditch type hunting, because then if mm-hmm. I realize, well, seems like every deer today is coming down that trail, I can get up and walk over and sit behind a different tree. Um, and then mm-hmm. just hang oh, tight there the rest of the day. So that's what I'm excited to try. I'm really excited to do it. Um, it's probably a bad year to start trying to hunt with a recurve and trying to do that at the same time, but why not? I mean, <laughs> it could be a little difficult, right? 
Yeah. It's going to be a blast. I'll, I'll tell you that, though. And I, and oh, I promise 100%. you, and I promise you, if I shoot a fork and horn whitetail, it's going to be a trophy <laughs> because I did it on the ground, primitive style with a recurve. Um, and that deer will have a full shoulder mount in my house because I'll be pumped up and proud of what I did. Oh, 100%, man. And and what you said earlier on, you use Onyx Maxwell. I, I mean, one of my partners is HuntWise, and I use that. And that, utilizing that tool helps you out a lot. But 100%. If you're only on a 28-acre, a you know, wood peninsula and the rest is ag, you don't know what the farmer is. You don't know. I mean, there's a lot of variables when you're whitetail hunting. There's a lot of variables whenever you're hunting any animal. But knowing your surround, I mean, I'm just getting back to that that one point, <clears throat> is getting back to knowing how you're hunting, what your hunting is, knowing what your surroundings are and of adjacent or adjoining properties. That's key to success there, too, because, <clears throat> geez, you don't even know if that buck got blown out by the farmer or the, he had hunters in there or whatever. You know, there's a lot, there's a lot into it. There's a lot of planning into it and, <clears throat> and knowing, uh, you know, um, um, what could happen, you know, and, and things like that. So it's, I, I like, I don't like the rut. I I try to like as far as whitetail hunting. I try to uh, I try to do things early when there are things a little more predictable before things before more boots on the ground start coming in disturbing areas and things like that. And um, and I've learned that over the years that with whitetail hunting for me is I mean it's taking me maybe a little longer than what it should have. But I don't hunt whitetail like you know some of our partners at bear hunt you know the guys over to hunting public those guys pound whitetails you know but i don't have whitetail where i'm at i pound elk and bear you know so yeah um things like that but uh but uh but having um you know having those resources that we have now um you can definitely be able to to manipulate the way you hunt and or i guess technology can make you a better successful hunter as well um but getting back to those grassroots is like you know my thing is 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 hunting and being able to to take that on animal and, and being able to you know ethically put it on the ground and i know some people say well you know you hit it back in the in the you know anything behind the front shoulder is a bad shot well man you know, I had a conversation with a guy the other day, and uh, he's like, what, what's your go-to rifle? And I'm like, I love my two forty three, but I also use my three hundred rum a lot also. And uh, I said, but I've had, I've shot deer, bear, um, and even elk. Uh, and that two forty three has done the job, and I've watched them hit the dirt. But I've said, I've also shot things with my three hundred, and <laughs> I've seen them run out of sight too, you know. So it's, um, it's unpredictable. But I've also, every animal that I've ever taken, like, not intentionally, we all make bad shots, and I even miss. <laughs> Everybody misses, but um, just take, for instance, that last this hunt I was just on. Every animal that I've ever hit in that femoral artery, within 30 yards, they're down. <laughs> I mean, they just don't run. I mean, they can't. Elk. I've, I've had a cow elk there, like, <clears throat> with a recurve, um, you know. You spook, you hear the bow, it's noisier or, or whatever. Um, the reflexes of an animal can can cause you to make have a bad shot. But having said that, it's like uh, expiring that animal is uh, is pretty important. I think that's you know wh whether that's a key point on this talk or not. Is like I 
I uh, I've seen some severe damage on that on that on that uh, hindquarter shot. Yeah, yeah, it's the uh, the the uh, Texas heart shot. But uh, <laughs> yeah, now yeah, what is yeah, your sure. uh, what what is so what is your most memorable hunt or your most your 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 favorite trophy up to this point? Oh my. Man, I I uh I can remember them all like they were just yesterday. I think uh, I think I I would hate to specifically put one out there <clears throat> more than the other, but I tell you, um, I mean, I could say that this last one that I was just on because that was the first animal that I've ever taken uh, a sika, and I took it with a recurve, and I'm like, I'm pretty stoked about that. There's no no joke about it. Um, and it was a great, uh, it was a great stag. And I was like, wow. I was like, wow, this is, this is great. And, and then, um, I've never killed anything with a cross. I've never even shot a crossbow. And, and Alex like, oh, send you the constrictor. You got to go out here and try this thing out. And I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> like, I've never shot one. I've never had no reason to. I can shoot a recurve, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, and I kill, and I kill that 174 inch buck in Ohio this year. And, you know, don't get me wrong. And then he was, I, I could care and then he was singing the praises of Alec. Thank you so much, Alec. <laughs> well, you know, it was kind of funny because <clears throat> uh, I took that that in there, and uh, I had one of my buddies set my stand for me. And I've watched this buck since since June. I've been watching this buck, you know, and I watched him grow. And we got a great story on this buck, and. Um, and he's like, look, don't take your recurve. I wanted to shoot this buck with with uh, Super Kodiak. I wanted to do that really bad. But <clears throat> after I got in there, and he said, you know, you can't take a you can't take a ver- your vertical bow or your recurve, and it's not going to happen. You need to take your crossbow. So I'm like, okay, well, I'll use it. Once I get in there, I understood why. <laughs> There's absolutely no room to draw. <laughs> and you put the. I'm like, I'm. I mean, naturally, I am left-handed, but I don't shoot left-handed. <laughs> so I'm like. I'm like you got this thing set up wrong, <laughs> yeah. but I'm yeah. I'm not complaining. I'm not complaining. If he's ever going to listen to this podcast, Timmy, I'm not complaining at all. <laughs> um, hey man, but, I um, like to talk bad. About, it, I like to talk bad about people and then see if they listen to the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we get more listeners, right? <laughs> Drama. That's how I learn. Like, like I'll tell story. I'll tell stories about my mom or something. If I never hear my mom yeah. call me and say, "Why did you say that?" Then I know she doesn't listen to my show. And I can talk yeah. all I want about my wife because I know for a fact she don't listen. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, you know, my wife and I have a lot of companies. She's like, when's that going to be aired? I'm like, well, what's the matter? You're not going to listen to it anyway or watch it. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. She's like, well, we don't have TV. That's a good point. No, okay. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's, uh, no kidding. they're all, they're all just as equal. I mean, to answer that fairly, uh, they're all just as special to me, uh, Dylan, as yeah. as any of them. I mean, all I mean, one's a little more valuable, maybe, but they're all just special because of like, yeah, I did, I did what I said I wanted to do, but but uh, I don't think any of them. Well, take that's a any super, that's a super so. cop out answer. Let me tell you something. Yeah, <laughs> a super cop out. Well, I can tell you what, yeah. what will be my number one if I can ever make it happen. <clears throat> Is is I want to shoot my, I want that Kodiak that was just built for me, 
I want to take a Kodiak with it. That's what I want. So once that happens, then I'll say that's my go. number one. We can talk about another podcast. <laughs> absolutely. That sounds like a stinking plan there. No, I uh, I would absolutely I, – I, man, I'm, if, if I can uh, – year 2021, if I can uh, put down a whitetail – um, you know, with a recurve spot and stock style, I understand. I'm listen, I'm going to get an email saying that's not real spot and stock. I understand what I'm saying. Uh, but if I can yeah. put down a whitetail like that, man, that's again, I don't care if it's a, 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 a hundred inch deer that will be, um, to me better than anything thus far. You know, and, and I'm glad you brought that up because it doesn't matter how you, I mean, I mean, I, I'm not against crossbows. I'm not against vertical bows. I'm not against guys shooting. If you're out there hunting and you're doing what you enjoy, who am I to say or to be criticized you to say, oh, that's not a true spot. So, come on. Come on, seriously. Is this how is this how like-minded outdoorsmen need to treat one another? I, I, don't, I don't go for that. I think it's nonsense when, when you're trying to justify like, oh, that's not a true spot stock. Man, I just beat that animal with the recurve. Or beat it with a bow, or or yeah, I mean, hunting with a rifle is what I say maybe a little easier because you can reach out there to thousand yards plus and touch them. But somebody asked me the other day, they house, said somebody somebody asked me the other day, said you taking your rifle? I said, am I a twelve year old girl? <laughs> right. Sorry, dad. Yeah. Sorry, dad. <laughs> my dad's a big <laughs> rifle hunter. My dad's a big rifle hunter, and he always says, he always says, uh, he always says, "What well, are you taking your rifle?" And I'm like, "Well, dad, what I look like a twelve year old girl." And he says, "Well, I shoot more animals than you do, so shut up." <laughs> wow. Yeah, dad. There's a reason why you shoot more because I'm not in his wheelhouse <laughs> when I'm killing this animal. You know, I just no, I spotted and, and, him. And, the only reason I give him a hard time because it really does drive him insane um, that he's had mm-hmm. he's had two reconstructive shoulder surgeries and he just he could not pull a bow back to save his life anymore. Um, but he did. I'm actually really proud because um, I was at home for the holidays for Thanksgiving and I was shooting my recurve off their back deck. Uh, they've got like a 15 foot back deck, so perfect for practicing shooting off of uh, elevation. And oh, I was yeah. shooting my recurve and he said, he said, well, let me see if I can pull that back. You know, my shoulders are getting better after, after the last, you know, last surgery or whatever. And he pulled it back and he said, dude, I, I think I'll be able to do this again next year. So I'm so excited, man, that he's going to, uh, get, be able to get back in. I think he's going to have to shoot like a 40 pounder, 35 pound bow, but, um, I'm so excited that he's gonna be able to get to bow hunt again because it's been killing him that he can't. Oh yeah, you know, and it's a uh, it shouldn't recur. I mean, I I'm uh, I don't know. I I just can't can't express how stoked I am again. It's like man, this is like <laughs> it's, I just feel at home. I just feel at home because it's like yeah, I love shooting compound. And I love growing up shooting IBO and things like that with my compound. And now it's like. I'm right back to where I started. I feel like a kid again, almost, you know, and it's, yeah. um, and still having that, that, you know, and I had <clears throat> Ryan run the numbers on my old bow that, you know, I mean, came down from my granddad and my uncle and now I have it, you know, or, you know, have it back again, but I used that bow, you know, and, um, it's, a. Uh, it's something that, uh, not many people can say, but, you know, from coming from Ryan's like, Fred probably made that bow from what the numbers say. I mean, it was, it was made like in from 56 to 63. 
I think that was the number that was wrote on it. So just having that is like, and this thing's like, and I'm surprised that it's like in prestige. It's just how I remember it. You know, I'm like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm like, no, maybe I can that's uh, use it. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, so there again, it's like, man, this was meant to be. I'm meant to be back here. And I'm like, this is, I'm not, you know, this, I'm a hunter. I, we produce probably more hunting bows sold than any other bow company. Right. I mean, I mean, I mean, I may be off on those numbers, but it's like <laughs> bears been around forever, you know? Um, and it's, yeah. uh, it's just great. And now it's like, man, this, uh, <laughs> that, that super Kodiak's way stiffer <laughs> than my whole bear cub. <laughs> you know, I just have to say <laughs> this is like, <clears throat> we chronographed that thing and that thing is whipping out a, uh, uh, what is it? I'm shooting 494 grains off of that thing, I think, 494. And wow, uh, like 216. That's what that thing shot through the chronograph. Um, and it's just, I'm like, whoa, it is stupid. It's fast. impressive, very impressive. Yeah, and my arms are taking a beating. <laughs> Like maybe I shouldn't have got this thing because <laughs> at full draw, I'm pretty sure it's right, really close at 70 pounds. You know, I'm like, I don't, I don't need that much, but and that may be under, under, uh, underweight just a little bit. But I've, I've get perfect air flight, and um, it, it's, uh, it's spot on. You know, it's just uh, I'm not gonna change. I'm not gonna change what I'm doing. You know, uh, a lot of people always ask, even with the compound. I mean, I only shoot 404 grains, and I'm killing elk. I'm blowing through elk. I'm Killing bison, you know. I mean, I've I've never been that guy that it needed to shoot seven hundred grains to kill, you know, four hundred grains kill anything on North America, anything, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, sh- shot placement is what key, you know. No, I'm like, no, I'll go back to that. It's like we all, I mean, anybody's going to be honest with themselves and honest with anybody else is always going to say you're not always going to make the perfect shot. You know, you're out there doing it enough something's going to happen. I think we've all been in that situation that, that are out there hunting every day. Um, something's going to happen, you know, um, that's, that's just the way it works, you know? So, but on the, on the other side, on the upside is, is you're out there enough, you're going to have more opportunities, right? So <laughs> that's how it goes. Yeah, also. You're right. <laughs> you're right, man. For sure. Um, for sure. <laughs> Now, something I always ask, I always ask everybody, um, and, and this has become one of my favorite things in the world to ask, uh, because I feel as though I've grown as a, as a hunter, just from hearing them, just from, from listening to them, learning from them, share with me a field note that you've learned over the years, man, something that, uh, I can take and put in my back pocket and, uh, just a quick tip that, uh, you've, you've, you've been on a hunt and thought, man, I, I need to remember this for next time. I'm glad you brought that up because I think... I think this is, goes right down to a success story and a field note that uh, I, I wasn't, I wasn't taught this, you know, cause I mean, growing up, I mean, yeah, it was learning archery and things like this, but what I've learned on myself being out there is, and I've said it, I've said it all on social media. I've said it wherever I'm out on when we're doing the show and stuff. It's like, the biggest thing I think that anybody can utilize in their field notes is, is, is knowing your animal, knowing your animal is going to get you one step closer to success. Um, yeah. 
knowing i mean they all communicate i mean i just talked about talked about that a little bit while ago just take just take elk for instance because that's elk and turkey i love i love love hunting them both um and by any means i'm not trying to sound like i'm some expert on any of them i'm not some elk calling champion or anything like that i don't think there's nobody out there needs to be an elk calling champion or a turkey champion to to do what an outdoorsman needs to do but if you're communicating with an animal and if you don't have anything to say why would that animal why would that animal want to engage with you i, I think this right. is this is the field this is the one field note and one mistake i think i'm just using elk as an example and but you can take this a step further to any animal that you're hunting they all have a way of communication, whether it's with scent, with their glands, or whether it's you know vocal or, or what have you. <clears throat> if you have nothing to encourage that animal with, you're not going to be successful. And that's what I try to utilize early on is a lot of people say, why are you putting out scrapes for whitetail? I'm like, because I've been defeated before and I want to know how I can be more successful because I don't want to sit in that tree stand 140 days and say, I finally killed him. I want to sit in it one day and kill him. That's when I determined that I've made a successful hunt because what I studied and what I was able to predict worked. Does it always work? No, but it's going to lead me to something else that's going to make me successful for that, for that animal. But the point I'm making now is, is, is communicate, you know, is, is knowing what to communicate with as a field note. So awesome, um, man. maybe I'm giving you a couple more, you know, but I got to say this though, because I think a lot of guys make this mistake because I get a lot of novice guys asking me, it's like, you were out in the first morning, you just killed this elk. <laughs> What'd you do that I'm doing wrong that I've been out here hunting 10 years in a row and I haven't made able to take it. And I'm like, you communicate, I communicate with him. I, I had something to tell him, you know? Um, yeah. And, and a lot of guys are out there just blowing, blowing it up. <clears throat> I'm like, that's not what you want to do. If you're able to locate that bull, you want to get him, you want to get him confrontational, make him confront you. If you get him to engage and you get within his wheelhouse, close the distance. You know, if you think he's 500 yards, you want to be within 100 yards and then you confront him. Give him a reason to come to you. Um, If he's with cows, give him a reason to come to you. Otherwise, (laughs) he's like, yeah, you know, that's just Joe. He's nothing. (laughs) You know, things like that. So, I mean, that's that's a field note I think a lot of people uh, don't utilize. You know, they just. uh, Awesome, man communication man yeah and that uh well and and i really i always bring it back to um i always bring it back to duck hunting um (laughs) and i always say you know if a duck's flying over you and they see decoys but they don't hear anything they're already thrown off you know what i mean because if there's a, a, a if there's ducks sitting on the water, then they're going to be making noise. They're going to be talking back and forth. So mm-hmm. if you've got ducks sitting on the water, you better be talking back and forth. Same with a mm-hmm. decoy. If you're hunting over a, a, a whitetail decoy, you better make sure that you're making some noise because those <laughs> other deer are going to realize that deer isn't communicating with me. And one hundred percent. 
Yeah. So, so absolutely great tip, man. I, uh, again, I, I thank you so much for coming on, man. I thank you, um, for your support of bear archery. I'm glad to have you on board and, uh, I cannot wait to finally one day hook up and go on a hunt with you sometime, man. Heck yeah. Well, let's, uh, let's make it happen. Um, I don't know. I, we'll I got trade, a few I'll guys trade you, of I'll trade you. <laughs> I'll trade you a whitetail hunt for an elk hunt. How about that? <clears throat> Well, I tell you what, let's let's do it because I told you, whitetail's my Achilles heel. Anything else, like, ah, I get frustrated. I get frustrated with yeah. whitetail, you know. Um, but uh, we can do that. Sounds good, brother. Just happy, happy to be on board and happy to be uh, supporting bear archery as well. And um, I'm looking forward to 2021 season um, with everyone and, and just uh, – you know, sharing the, uh, the like-minded ways of Fred, you know, and, um, I think everybody's, uh, really excited to see what, uh, bear archery has to, uh, to put out there in the years to come with, uh, the new marketing with Alec and John and, you know, Ryan with these guys, uh, just doing phenomenal jobs. And, uh, I know I'm excited. I get excited all the time. So, um, yeah, I did a, we'll I did a podcast brings. one time, not, not too long ago, um, and, and the title of it was what happened to bear. And, uh, mm-hmm. that, that was it. I was hearing from all my friends like, dude, what's going on over there, man? Some, you know, they're <laughs> coming out with better bows and, and better marketing and all this stuff like that. And I, I would just tell you, um, bear is nothing is, is, is a force to be reckoned with. Um, and so I promise you, if you're not familiar with the stuff they're putting out with, if you're not familiar with the quality, if you're not familiar with, with, uh, all the great bows they have, not only on compounds, but recurves, crossbows, uh, bow fishing. Um, I would just say, um, you'll find out soon enough, uh, because they are, they're coming. Uh, I agree. You know, and what other company, I mean, I'm not stepping on any toes, but can, um, you know, can, can Martin say anything about Damon Howard as far as having their, their boyer there, uh, making the bows? What, or uh, or any of the other companies that's out there doing it. I mean, Howard's gone, but I mean, Howard was probably one of the most underestimated or or under uh, um, I don't know uh, clouted guys in the industry. I mean, he was a phenomenal archer uh, for a trad bow, um, but you know that was before. I mean, he well, I think he passed. I mean, he passed away in what seventy five or something. He was born in the late eighteen hundreds, so. Um, Nobody can say like, "Hey, there's uh, the last living boy under Fred, and he's still alive and he's still making bows." You know, so um, he's doing yeah. it the way Fred Fred taught him how to do it. So um, I don't think there's anybody else out there in the industry that has that type of legacy to to say. You know, and it's like, "Hey, right, it, it's phenomenal." You know, and um, I kind of not really got into an argument or anything with somebody, but it's like, you'll never hear, you know, cause we were talking. He's like, you went to bear. <laughs> you, you left your maniac edition with obsession and went to bear. And I'm like, yeah, we got big plans. <laughs> There's big plans coming. And I'm like, he's like, you'll never hear Hoyt and bear and Matthews in the same breath. And I'm like, give it time. I said, I, I love when people yeah. eat their words. I love it. I just love it. You know? And I'm like, I'm like, you guys just don't understand. Man, I had a, I had a bow shop and, uh, not too long ago and 
I was kind of in a hurry, and I hate the bow shop, to be honest, because they're a bunch of pricks. Uh, but I was <laughs> I was going on a hunt the very next morning and uh, needed my redemption set up and tuned in and everything. So I went over there, and they don't sell bear, and they're so stuck up and snobby about what they sell. Uh-huh. And I just knew, and he come out after shooting it through paper, and he's like, dude, this thing shoots phenomenal. And uh, mm-hmm. almost said it with like, he was like, Almost disgusted by the fact of how good it was, <laughs> and uh, I was like, 100%. "Yeah, man, yeah, man." They they uh, they do, and uh, just smiled and went on my my way. But uh, Shane, again, thank you so much for coming on, man. Before we go, I do got to give a another quick thank you to our friends over at Wise Eye Technology. Um, they are a a cellular trail camera. They produce some incredible cameras, um, but not only that, they have game recognition technology, so I don't have to look through a 1,000 pictures of does and squirrels and coons. It only shows me the bucks I want to see, and it breaks out the bucks I want to see into certain folders based off of that buck. So if I want to look at bucks of... Uh, if I want to look at pictures of sticks, um, then I go and look at him, uh, and I can see when he's been there, what moon phases he's been there with, what... what, what, uh, what you know what temperatures he's been there with so on and so forth and it maps all that out for me so go check out wise eye technology um it caught one of the coolest pictures i've ever seen on a trail camera this year and that was a hawk scooping up a squirrel uh one of the coolest pictures i've ever <laughs> wow. seen so i'll make sure and send it to you when we hop off here unbelievable awesome. it, was, it was the coolest picture i've ever gotten i'll send it to you as soon as we get off but uh guys thank you so much for listening you guys have a great week and good luck in the late season because it is one of my favorite times to hunt so don't neglect the late season get out there and hunt thanks for listening you guys have a great week thanks dylan